0: taking the gloves off he's talking in depth about pro wrestling sports pop culture trending topics on social media politics and his crazy life he's uncensored
1: he's unapologetic he's media personality brad Shepard, and he's unleashed i'm ready to play now put me in the game now to prove it I'm ready to do it I can't be afraid now put me on the stage now I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out
0: (laughs) my time my time
1: none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race I'm ready to do this show you what the truth is I step on the field it's time to get real I'm feeling so ruthless my time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down, hand over my crown, hand over my heart. Yes. I do this for my town, yes. I do this for my crowd. So tell me up real loud, my time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop.
0: Welcome to Brad Shepherd Unleashed, the only podcast that doesn't kiss the ass of wide-eyed, coke-snorting rich promoters that doesn't tell you Nose Man Paul and his cross-eyed fake Christian friend are bookers of the year. Speaking of Christians, sometimes the dentist drills you, (laughs) and sometimes you drill the dentist. But don't worry. If all of this is too much for you to comprehend, I understand you can Just head down to the Regency Hyatt in Jacksonville, where there's a floor with some things that can help you cope. I told you, I was turning up the heat for the summer. And if you think that's habitual line stepping, then just wait for the fall, because I've been feeling myself like Pee Wee Herman in a movie theater, and I'm ready to do this motherfucking thing. So with that being said, it's time to take the gloves off. I want to start out this week by talking about a promo that Sammy Guevara cut in relation to the AEW World Championship Tournament, which they're doing to crown a new champion. And this does tie into the fake news wrestling media and more specifically dave Meltzer. uh i'm gonna play the clip for you listen to the promo for yourself and then i'll let you know what i think take a listen
1: i'm not here because i got fired from somewhere else i'm here because i want to be i'm not asking for my release i want to be here i didn't have to go and work here today all right i had the week off but here i am putting on five star matches that I don't even get the recognition for. How about, sir? Where's my stars? You want to give stars to all, all your favorites, but where's my stars? After I win this world title, everything's gonna change.
0: So in this promo, you have Sammy Guevara, a professional wrestler on TV with the number two North American pro wrestling promotion, multiple time. TNT champion.
2: And here he is cutting a promo.
0: For this world championship tournament. And the idea is he's complaining because he has really good fake matches. And Dave Meltzer. Of the wrestling observer. Is not rating those fake matches. Five stars. And he's whining like a little child like a little child where's my five stars Dave you give them to all your buddies and they're I mean essentially just confirming how toxic how bad Dave Meltzer has been for the professional wrestling industry and not just that but The marks are in the ring now, and they're having matches to pop Dave Meltzer to get five imaginary stars that means nothing, risking their body so that they won't be able to function normally in 20 years. I mean, I don't think when they retire from the business, I don't think that an excuse not to pay your light bill is going to be, well, I had 25 star Dave Meltzer matches. I don't think the light company is going to accept that. They're going to say, pay your damn bill, buddy. And how are you going to do that if you can't work because you're doing stupid shit to get five stars from Dave Meltzer, a fake journalist? This is a microcosm of what's wrong with professional wrestling today. And Sammy Guevara You should be absolutely embarrassed. If I were Tony Khan, I first of all never would have allowed this to happen. But second of all, if it somehow got through, I would absolutely punish and humiliate you. You'd be jobbed out every week on TV in squash matches. This is the problem we see in wrestling today. This emphasis on. In ring action. Who cares if you're a larger than life character when you can be a five foot eight, 160 pound wrestler like Sammy Guevara, who's just interested in having five star Dave Meltzer matches? And then they wonder why they can't get more than a million people to watch their flagship show, AEW Dynamite. They're catering to the Dave Meltzer audience. The IWC marks. Do you think the guy flipping the channel, drinking a beer in his living room, gives a single shit that Sammy Guevara has a five-star fake match? They just want to be entertained. They know these matches aren't real. And when you rub it in their face and they can't believe in the moment because you're putting on a Cirque du Soleil performance, they're not interested. Are they going to watch football? Are they going to watch a primetime TV drama? There's so many options on TV. And as I've said before, pro wrestling is going up against not just other pro wrestling companies, but every TV show on the same time they are. That's their competition. It's all TV shows, whether it's pro wrestling or name your favorite primetime TV drama. It doesn't matter. Monday Night Raw is going up against Monday Night Football. You have the option to watch either TV show. That's competition. AEW Dynamite is on against other shows on Wednesday night that have nothing to do with wrestling. That's their competition. Are you going to watch this channel when you see a promo like that? Some... I, I went by in the ears, Twink Boy, who's talking about five stars in a fake match and whining? I I don't understand this at all. I don't know who that even appeals to. I don't even know that that appeals to the AEW audience in any significant way. What an awful promo. Just probably one of the worst promos I've ever heard in nearly 40 years of watching professional wrestling. That's saying something. Maybe you should focus less on your reality-based drama with Tay fucking breaking people's nose and dropping them on their head, maybe you should focus on learning how to work, sticking to how to cut a proper promo, and you'd be much better off now and much better off in 20 years. All right, well, let's talk about the drama between EC3 of Control Your Narrative and Patrick Clark, formerly known as Velveteen Dream in WWE. So let's rewind a bit here, because EC3 recently went on Sports Keeda's The Wrestling Outlaws Show, where he talked about a situation with Velveteen Dream Patrick Clark. It was a party at his house. Let's let's talk about what he said. Quote, he got arrested again. When's he going to get rehired? Probably not if that's on his record. Plus, he has a lot of demons in his closet. Oh, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. Why not? Because in NXT, there was always some speculation about him being a little off. But you welcome that. You can be friends. We had a party, and it was at my place. And he came over because I'm being friendly, and I'm top guy. And I tried to welcome everybody into the thing. He left his phone in my bathroom with the camera on, trying to capture people taking pisses. So there. Now, he talked about the positioning of the camera. How did I know? Because it's my bathroom. When I walk in there and I see a phone selfie style propped up on filming, where if somebody is going to take a pee, they would have their phallus out urinating into the water. Now, we know uh, Patrick Clark was um, arrested recently. A couple of times, EC3 says the following. I'm not going to lie to you, too. This was a late evening of partying, so maybe there were a few cocktails shared. Who knows what everyone else was on? As we know, if he'll do it in front of a cop, Lord only knows what he'll do behind the cop's back. That's a reference to cocaine where Patrick Clark was arrested. So. EC3 says he was concerned that Velveteen Dream Patrick Clark had filmed other WWE superstars using his bathroom. I'm like, what's going on? Am I tripping? I shouldn't be because I don't do drugs. That would trip me out. So I'm like, this is actually happening. What I did was I took the phone. I stopped the recording. I made sure the PP video of my wee was deleted because that was happening in my home, by the way. Oh, delete. Put it back turn it back on so it looked like it was still happening. Ha ha, the big elaborate ruse. I walk out of my own bathroom because this is where I live. I sit on the couch, I go and I wait, and he goes right back in the bathroom. I go back in right after that, phone's gone. I'm like, I can't believe this. Here's the problem, unnamed talents that I will not name in this moment in time, were probably doing other things in that bathroom. So instead of a blatant confrontation, I just said, everybody get out, I'm going to bed, get out. So, as we have discussed, as I just mentioned, Patrick Clark, AKA Velveteen Dream was recently arrested a couple times. He was arrested on August 26th for possession of drug paraphernalia. He was arrested for battery and trespassing six days earlier. He ingested cocaine in front of a police officer, allegedly. So, as we've talked about, Patrick Clark's life is messy. Patrick Clark has always been a fascinating character on pro wrestling TV. He was a standout. He was extremely talented, young, immature, a lot of problems. But this particular party uh, has been a rumor mill Uh, in the wrestling circles for years. So EC3 has finally come out to talk about it. And Patrick Clark got wind of EC3 talking about this. Uh, It made all the dirt sheets. And so he has now responded. Patrick Clark went live on Instagram Live uh, to talk about EC3 and the house party in question and I've got some of that clip for you let's uh, take a listen
1: if I'm to be correct this was about uh 2017 2018 EC3 and uh I'm not gonna tell people who was at this party out of respect for our mutual friends but one of our mutual friends is a former NXT talent that no longer works for the WWE and the other person is a current monday night raw talent who used to wrestle talent for nxt okay mike ec3 you go out here after i give you the best match you've ever had in your entire career you go out here and you and you dirt i'm tired of people throwing dirt on my name you throw this dirt on my name saying that i tried to record you in your bathroom let's be honest mike you're leaving out a lot of details what were we doing that night mike what type of powder was on the table mike Okay. Okay, let's be real. So let's not leave out all the details. We were all drunk. You were pissy drunk because you were in your place. You were damn near passed out in the corner. You and your home girl, whichever chick you were screwing at the time. Okay. And the other two people, our mutual friends were there. I left my phone on your bathroom counter. And because you were not sure of my sexuality at the time because of the character I played on TV and because we're not friends in real life at all, okay? You try to accuse me of recording you in your own home. So what did I do? I went to our mutual friend who no longer works for the WWA former NXT talent. And I showed him my phone and had him go through my photos and videos and my recently deleted... Just to prove to you and the other person that was there, who, because I respect him and he has a job, okay, I'm not going to put him out there, okay, I had him prove to you that I was not recording you. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, EC3. Get your shit together. And if anyone would like to uh, go to my friends list right now and check out who follows me, because I'm not following him, EC3 is a follower of mine. I would think, I would really think that if you thought that much of me, that you couldn't trust me, you definitely wouldn't be following me on social media, on Instagram, all these years later, EC3. You're pathetic. Now control that narrative, you asshole. How the hell you turn this shit off?
0: So it's incredibly interesting what uh, Petra Clark has responded with essentially implying there was Coke involved at this party. Cocaine, not Coca-Cola, folks. Hard drugs. So Patrick Clark is outing EC3 as a user of cocaine and other people who were in the WWE. In fact, uh, Clark went on to post even further on Instagram. He posted a, A meme, a picture, tagged EC3 and said, I said what I said. Then he posted another Instagram. A lot of cocaine users still employed, truth be told. But I'm not dirty like some of y'all. Vegas rules apply. Obviously, meaning what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, saying he's not going to tell. You can never win when you dirty. Say the dream's name, but keep my name out of your mouth. Stop playing with me, the right one and the wrong one. Very, very fascinating. So who are the WWE superstars on the main roster now doing cocaine? Who else could it be, bro? Maybe I can ask Randy. And I'm not a priest or a saint, but maybe it'll be someone's judgment day eventually. Are they doing drug testing in
2: WWE? I know what the policy is. You can't do coke, bro. This
0: is bad PR for WWE. What was Triple H doing? The nose man, Paul, running the ship in NXT. What the hell was going on here? A coke binge party on his watch? This is the guy running the
2: ship now? This is this is
0: bad optics. And, uh, you know, you have to believe that, you know, if true, if EC3 was pissy drunk, as Patrick Clark says, and I think that's entirely possible, what is his recollection of that night's events? And could he truly... Clearly recall Now, Patrick Clark, outside of that particular issue, outside of the rumors he was suspended for cocaine use, and I can't validate whether that's true or not, but certainly there was reports of behavioral issues while he was with the company, that was ultimately an issue. And he was, by all accounts, falsely accused uh, by a young WWE fan of sending an inappropriate uh, nude photo of himself. WWE investigated, found he did nothing wrong there. So he shouldn't be punished for that. He shouldn't be judged for that. His problem is the behavior. He's gotta get his act together. But you know what? Let me let you in on a little secret. Some of the best acts of all time. Some of the best characters, best pro wrestlers of all time were conflicted people, were batshit crazy people. They were out there. Look at the old days. Can you imagine if they had social media back then? How many of those guys would have had a career still? A lot of your faves have got messy personal lives. And oftentimes, that's what makes them so good, so appealing on the camera. You see that in Hollywood as well.
2: So, I'm not going to judge
0: Patrick Clark. I'm not going to cast the first stone. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Could Patrick Clark have done it? Absolutely. And if he wanted to get back into business, He could never admit that. That's true. But if EC3 was pissy drunk, could he really be sure that was the deal? What was the evidence? How can he be so sure? I don't know. It's too hard for me to tell who's telling the truth. I really don't know. But the bottom line is, when you get... Two pro-wrestling superstars together. Hell, the whole house party, the whole house of them together. And you've got alcohol and you've got drugs. It's a bad mix. I don't care who you are. It's a bad idea. It's a bad mix. And it's a
2: bad look. All right.
0: Let's talk about the NFL this week. Week one is in the books uh, as a big football mark. I'm excited about the new football season. I'm very pissed off, frankly, about week one of the Unleashed Army Fantasy Football League. I lost total bullshit. T. Higgins injured. I mean, you just... Go down the list of my starting lineup. It was a comedy of errors. Still scored over 100. But boy, was that bad luck on my side in week one. So let's talk about some of the actual games themselves. Bills 31, Rams 10. Now, obviously, the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, I still believe they're the team to beat. Uh, But man, did they look off. The Bills look like an absolute favorite to go to the Super Bowl at this point. I mean, they're, they're looking really good. They're firing in all cylinders. I, and this was just week one. Very impressed by the Buffalo Bills uh, and, and not impressed by the Rams at all. Now, the Rams are going to improve. And, hey, look, the Bills are a great team. But a little bit of concern, nothing they can't overcome. It is only one week after all. Saints 27, Falcons 26. Yeah, I was watching some of this game, and the Falcons were ahead pretty much throughout. And you've got Jameis Winston, who I'm not a big fan of at all, Captain Crab Legs. And the Falcons, well, Falcons gonna Falcon. As a Patriots fan, I will never forget that Super Bowl. Thank you very much, Matt Ryan and Company. But this was an absolute disaster. The Falcons gave this game away to the Saints, a game that they should have won. I, I you know, I, I think the Falcons are still not a great team. I don't think the Saints are either, uh, but they did escape with the win here. This was a weird week of football. Bears 19, 49ers 10. This was a big upset, right? Uh, I definitely did not predict this. Uh, Trey Lance, of course, being a wild card for the 49ers. But hell, you figure he couldn't be worse than Jimmy G. He cost them a Super Bowl trip last season. He was awful. He was the shits. He made Bill Belichick look like a genius for getting rid of him.
2: The 49ers, not a an awful defensive performance, certainly
0: not a great one. That offense is a problem, and if they don't figure it out, and I don't care if it's Trey Lance or Jimmy G, if they don't figure that out, the 49ers will not be a serious contender. Steelers 23, Bengals 20. Uh, this was a game that the Bengals gave away. Uh, I am not a uh, big believer in the Steelers, if only for their quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a downgrade. Seriously, to go from Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, to Mitch Trubisky, this guy, he was a mess in
2: Chicago. But they did it. I mean,
0: the Bengals looked awful. Joe Burrow looked awful. It was a disaster. Their defense wasn't great. The offense was a major problem. Uh, So I'm putting the Bengals on my concern list. I'm going to need to see more from them. Eagles 35, Lions 28. This was actually a more competitive game than I anticipated. Uh, The Lions showed heart. They obviously believe in their coach and want to play for him. But the Eagles just too good. I mean, that defense wasn't good. But the Eagles offense, A.J. Brown is already showing up big. Uh, This is going to be quite the connection. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown... If week one is any indication, right now, thanks to Dak's injury, the Eagles looking like head and shoulders division champion favorites. Dolphins 20, Patriots 7. Just uh, Patriots doing a lot of things to, you know, hurt themselves in this game. And granted, I think the Dolphins are a little bit of a better team than them. The great teams don't make those kind of mistakes. Are these things fixable? Absolutely they are. Do they have the best coach of all time steering the ship? Absolutely they do. But they don't have Tom Brady. They got Mac. Mac Jones. I like Mac, but he's no Tom, and nobody should expect that. This team, in my opinion, is looking at about 8 to 10 wins Um, I think they'll lose both games to the Dolphins this year, both games to the Bills. But they certainly have the ability to be competitive with those teams. they got to stop making the mistakes. they got to stop the turnovers. And the defense has got to really be able to do more than bend but not break with an offense like the Patriots are providing. That's just not going to cut it. Ravens 24, Jets 9. Well, the Jets never change. I mean, they are indeed disaster. Of course, they had to put Flacco in a QB. Zach Martin out injured still. Uh, Flacco is wacko. He's been done for a long time. Awful, awful option there. He's not the same guy that made the big throws in Baltimore. Uh, You know, the Ravens just easily take down the Jets. And Lamar Jackson in a big year, right? Final year of his contract. Couldn't reach a deal with the Ravens. He has got to perform this season. And he started out doing just that. Commanders 28, Jaguars 22. Commanders. I I should call them the Redskins. Washington football team. Something else. This name fucking sucks. I, I don't even like calling them the commanders. So I'm going to call them the Redskins. The Redskins beat the Jaguars. Everybody beats the Jaguars. Let's be honest. You got your Jaguars analytics guy who's busy jacking off the John Moxley matches, booking fantasy cards during the games. You think he cares about the Jaguars? Never mind his football team. Yeah. That guy's a disaster. And so is the Jaguars season already. and one baby. Browns 26, Panthers 24. Baker Mayfield unable in Carolina, mind you, to beat his former team. They got rid of him. They said, no, thank you. We've had all the Baker we want. And he responds by, well, not getting the job done. Maybe they were right. Colts 20, Texans 20. It's a tie. Nobody really liked this game anyway. Who wants a tie in football? I know I don't. That may be one of the worst rules in football. I don't want a tie. I want you to keep playing until there's a definitive winner. Giants 21, Titans 20. Oh my, the Giants. Daniel Jones is still an awful quarterback. But the Giants, it looks like Saquon Barkley is back. They stunned the Titans. Awful. King Henry on my fantasy team put up a fucking dud. It was brutal. Vikings 23, Packers 7. Aaron Rodgers apparently doing a little too much of the ayahuasca Because, woo, this was a bad performance. Really, really bad statistical performance, bad on the field. Any way you slice it, it wasn't good. The Packers only put up seven points.
2: Wow. Chiefs 44,
0: Cardinals 21. The Chiefs are coming out strong. No question about it. The Chiefs look great. Look, they got rid of
2: Tyreek Hill. Did that even seem to matter? It didn't to me. On the other side, you got Kyler Murray. He gets paid.
0: Then what happens? He disappears. They got trounced by the Chiefs. You at least thought The Chiefs may win, but it would be more competitive than that. And it wasn't. That's something to keep an eye on. Chargers 24, Raiders 19. The Chargers always expect, you know, they're going to have a pretty good team. The Raiders received a lot of hype due to offseason acquisitions, right? So they got the hype. But they didn't show up. It was a bad performance. Even worse than it looked on paper. Bucks nineteen, Cowboys three. Dak goes out with a thumb injury in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter at that point. Um, the Bucks didn't have the best offensive performance. Uh, basically, they've got a ton of injuries. You know, whether it be at receiver, uh, whether it be at the offensive line with three linemen, not an ideal situation for the Bucks. But they were absolutely able to still get the job done. And their defense looked really good. Seahawks 17, Broncos 16. Russell Wilson unable to beat his old team. Ah, that has got to hurt, especially in such a close, close contest. I mean, you got fourth and five, and then instead of Giving Russell Wilson the ball, he must have thought it was the Pat Seahawks Super Bowl and got scared. Their head coach, he tried to kick a field goal that they never could have made. And the Broncos miss and they lose. By the way, how about old Gino squeezing Goodwin's butt cheek as the game ends? (laughs) As long as he says good game, though, it's not gay. At least that's what I think the rules are. How about his line uh, about being written off but not writing back, though? That was pretty gangster, but the reality is this was a one-time deal for old Geno. Geno's not the answer in Seattle. He may not have written back, but he will be written off eventually. All right, and my picks for this week coming up, give me the Ravens, Browns, uh, Commanders, Redskins, uh, Colts, Bucks, Giants, Steelers, Rams, 49ers, Bengals, Broncos, Raiders, and Packers. Okay, let's talk about the PWI 500. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, they came out with their annual PWI 500, the best 500 wrestlers in the world. According to the dorks that do this, ranking system every year and i just have to say the editor of pwi is a fucking loser a total slob idiot mark that's actually what he is that's actually what he is he's scared scared to be who he is scared to give his own opinions that's sad Nobody should ever respect this guy's opinion, but, but that aside, that aside. This is their list, and a lot of people get worked into a shoot over this, and I said from the very beginning what I thought of this list. You might as well print it out and wipe your ass with it. That's how much it's worth. So let's talk about this list. We're going to do just the top 10. I'm going to give you my thoughts and then I'm going to give you the real deal, my PWI 10. I'm going to give you my top 10 pro wrestlers. All right, so let's start off with number 10, the PWI 500. It's Jonathan Gresham. Now, to my knowledge, this is the first time that a little person has been included on the pwi 500 top 10. i don't think that has ever happened before so congratulations to jonathan gresham but why would jonathan gresham be the 10th best wrestler in the world do you remember what storyline jonathan gresham had that was so great what house he drew that was so great What character did he have that was so memorable, larger than life? Nothing about this guy's large. He's a midget. He's about five foot two. And he's no Rey Mysterio. What did he do? Who did he beat? The guy was barely on TV during this time.
2: Please do tell me.
0: The only clip I saw of him was an AEW where he is doing chops with his opponent and they keep changing positions in ducking. And it was like a Cirque du Soleil dance routine. It was pathetic. Jonathan Gresham in the top 10 is illogical. It makes no sense. That's a fanboy opinion. That's what this entire thing is a fanboy opinion. Number nine, Big E. Now, whether you like Big E or not, and certainly he has accomplished a lot in his WWE career, I'll give him that. But Big E was injured earlier this year and has been out ever since. Sherry had that championship run. It was extremely disappointing. It was. So bad that attendance went down at shows. That's why they took the title off of him. I reported exclusively on that. So what did Biggie do that was so great? I don't know. Can you put him up there on the list? Sure you can. Number nine? I don't think so. El Hijo del Vikingo. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I don't give a shit, though. And it's probably because I'm pronouncing it wrong because I don't know who the guy is. Never heard of him. I don't know who this is. And he's number eight, a guy I've never heard of. Someone who covers pro wrestling on a podcast, doesn't even know this fucking guy, but he's the eighth best wrestler in the world. Who are you kidding? What house is this guy drawn? Who is he? Come on, walk this guy down the street in California. Who knows who this guy is? Who's going to ask him for an autograph or a picture? Come on, man. Brian Danielson. Look, I don't think Brian Danielson has had anything significant happen uh, since his Stint in AEW, just generally speaking, nothing stands out. What has he done? I don't understand this at all. He hasn't even been a draw for them. He hasn't brought in record ratings for them. What is his character? What storylines do you remember him being in that were compelling? Is he a good fake technical wrestler? Sure he is. But this is a work, motherfucker. That doesn't mean you're the best wrestler in the world. A wrestler is someone who can entertain and put butts in seats. Someone who's memorable. Someone who has mainstream notoriety. What kind of promo does he cut?
2: Number six, Cody. Look, I'm
0: not going to dispute this one. Number five, Lashley. I think Lashley is also in the top 10. Look, I'm not going to dispute that one either. Number four, Adam Hangman Page. What has this guy done? He had arguably the most boring world heavyweight championship run in AEW history. It was awful. It was beyond disappointing The Chase was much better than the champion. I mean, this was not good. Uh, What did he draw? Please do tell me. What was so great about Adam Hangman Page this year? I think this pick makes no sense. What is he doing to
2: ratings? Fucking nothing.
0: Phil. (laughs) Phil Brooks, CM Punk number three. I look in his eyes and what do I see? A toxic personality. CM Punk, while he is AEW's biggest star, and I will give him that, him and Jericho, the two biggest stars in AEW. What has CM Phil done for this company? Sure, he sold T-shirts and some other things like that. No question about it. Their viewership is not going up with CM Punk. The mainstream appeal is not improving with CM Punk. He's been a locker room cancer. Hell, he's had two subpar awful title reigns. I don't get this one at all. What has he done? He's had awful matches on top of it. Remember when he tried to do the hangman move, flipping over the ropes into the ring, and he hurt his ankle or the stage dive into the crowd where he fucked up his foot? What has this guy done? It's been actually a fucking disaster. Number three, not even the top 10, much less number three. That's a
2: fanboy
0: opinion. Kazuchiki Okada, the Rainmaker, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, look, if you're in that New Japan bubble, Okada is the best, granted. But number two, the second best wrestler in the world. How many people know who Okada is in other countries? Fuck it. How many people know who he is in Japan? But certainly in a place like the United States. How many people know? That's where the big boys play, the AEWs, the WWEs. How many people have heard of this guy? He came to the U.S. once. He came to TNA. He was a green-horned valet. The guy was a nobody mid-card at best. If you're putting a small fish in a small pond, he can prosper. But if you're putting that same small fish in a big pond with a lot of other fishes, it's a totally different ball game. That he's not a top guy in the big leagues. You get him to the biggest stage, and he's not a top guy. Listen to this New Japan Pro Wrestling on Axis TV brought in its lowest viewership recently since July. Get ready for this. The show had 46,000 viewers. With 8,000 in the key 18 to 49 demographic. A rating of point zero one. This was for their show last Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. That's his draw. 46,000 viewers on Access TV. Number two wrestler in the world. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if WWE had a show? They've got 46,000 viewers. Well, they did. It was backstage in WWE on Fox, and they fucking canceled it. This is, seriously, this is the biggest Mark opinion of them all. Okada, number two? I don't hate Okada. I think he's the best that New Japan has. And in that New Japan bubble, it works. They Base wrestling like it's a shoot. That's how they cover it. But when you get out of that little bubble and you step out into the big leagues in other countries. It doesn't work. There's no evidence it works. Forty six thousand viewers, your number two wrestler in the world, not in number two in Japan, number two in the world. How does that make sense? How is this guy better than some of the names I've already mentioned? This is this is just a perfect example of what a joke this PWI 500 is. Wipe your ass with it. It's meaningless. It's a fat mark in some cube fantasizing about who's the best fake wrestler. And I get it. The indie guys get to use this and promote it and they get to up their booking fee. For those guys, good for them. I get that. Do you think the big boys and the big leagues give a fuck about this list? It does nothing for them. This is an IWC Mark Fantasy list. 46,000 viewers. Jesus Christ. Number two wrestler, according to PWI 500. But number one, which I won't dispute, I think they got this right, Roman Reigns.
2: Let's go on to
0: my top 10 list. Let's talk about that. Number 10, Happy Corbin. Oh, Brad, he's a mid-card. He's a, 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 they've given this guy... Uh, A gimmick that should have been a failure. Okay. They have presented this guy in a way that's awful for how legitimate he is. Yet he's still gone on. He's put over Mad Cat Moss and others because he truly is a very good heel. He had a good match with Pat McAfee at the second biggest show of the year for WWE. Every big show. You see Happy Corbin in a match that matters. You see him every week on TV. He's a great heel. He's a utility player that can cut a promo, can work in the ring, do a character. You name it, he can do it, and he has a unique look and background as well. Happy Corbin is getting his flowers from me at number 10. Number nine. This may shock some folks. Sammy Zayn. That's right. There aren't too many people in pro wrestling today doing pro wrestling better than Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is a TV character. He's a character, a larger-than-life character that makes you invest, that makes you say, who is this idiot, or laugh, or smile, or emote something. He gets it, and he's been paired with the top faction and the top guy in the business with Bloodline and Roman Reigns. He's had significant storylines. Go back to WrestleMania when he faced Johnny Knoxville. And some would argue that was one of the best or the best match on the entire show. Or maybe the entire night of that night. But Sami Zayn is doing the best work of his career. The best character work by far. He's been very entertaining. That's why he's my number nine. Number eight. Seth freaking Rollins. I don't know that I've always been especially high on Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins is also doing the best character work of his career. Is there still room to grow? Absolutely. But when you look at everybody else, Seth Rollins is absolutely up there. He's had some good feuds, good matches, good promos. Is it the best? No, but it's certainly worthy of being number eight. Number seven. This may make some people mad. Austin Theory. Just look at the year this guy's had. Being the protege of Vince McMahon. Getting a primetime WrestleMania match with Pat McAfee. And and being involved with the Vince McMahon-Pat McAfee match. That was huge. Winning money in the bank and thereby kind of getting involved with Roman. You saw that as he tried to cash in at SummerSlam and cash at the castle. So, absolutely, Austin Theory, one of the biggest names in the business today, one of the biggest stars in the business today. He's a guy on his way, and that's why he's my number seven. Number six, Cody Rhodes. Now, This one was difficult because of Cody's injury. I thought he had a phenomenal WWE return. I thought he was building true top guy momentum. No question about it to me. Things were firing on all cylinders for Cody until he got injured. That's why he's not higher than six for me. I think his return is going to be big. Number five, Edge. What a comeback he's had. And finally, finally, we're out of the COVID pandemic, no audience era, and we're getting to see the Edge we all love. I thought his heel work with Judgment Day was great and different. And Cody's injury caused it to change. And now we're getting Edge the baby face. And that's been really good, too. Edge has been a bright spot on WWE TV each and every week. Number four, Drew McIntyre, or as I like to call him, Snooze McIntyre. Uh, he's not my favorite wrestler. You know, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I, he's a perfectly nice guy. He's just not. Uh, it's it's not resonating with me, his presentation. It just comes off like he's playing a role versus being that person I hate the presentation, the sword, Uh, they've dropped the kilt, you know, everything Scottish, 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 when he could just be a normal guy who happens to be from Scotland. Uh, And that's a WWE trope that, you know, is overplayed. But so I'm not necessarily just blaming this on on Drew, the person. I'm simply saying the character for me doesn't really resonate. However, you look at. His career, you look at the past year, what he's done, he's been extremely successful. WWE has pushed him hard. He just had a hell of a match with Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. Um, Didn't win, but he's certainly in that upper echelon of top guys in the industry, and that's why he is my number four. Number three, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, in his mid-40s, is having the run of his career. This is a guy who had a Hall of Fame career probably before this current run. But now, this has solidified everything. I mean, this is really a fantastic run. Uh, This is a no-doubt future Hall of Famer. Legitimate tough guy. Looks like a million bucks. They finally got down the presentation, his entrance and everything they do to present Bobby Lashley is typically very good, and it has worked. Again, Bobby is another guy who's up there in the top mix all the time and uh, certainly deserves my number three. Number two, Brock Lesnar. Uh, What else do you need to say? Brock Lesnar, number two. The guy deserves it. He's one of the two biggest draws, two biggest stars active pro wrestling today. Uh, I mean, this guy is just incredible still. And then finally, the other guy that's the big draw, the big dog. My number one is Roman Reigns. This is where I agree with the PWI 500. This is a clear cut. No, this should not have been a hard decision. This guy is far and away number one in the business in every regard. It is truly Roman Reigns time. And this is something I never would have said maybe even five years ago. Uh, I wouldn't have believed that. I do now. Uh, Roman Reigns has made a believer out of me. And uh, he has earned the opportunities that he now receives. That's my, the Brad Shepard Unleashed 10. And that is certainly a lot more honest and credible than that bullshit that goof-ass Mark and his team of goofs are trying to pimp out at PWI. All right, it's time for the mailbag. Always one of my favorite segments. I always enjoy answering your questions. Let's kick it off with a question about Randy Orton. Any word on when Orton may return? So I have not heard Orton's name mentioned recently. Haven't heard anything about him at all. I am asking about this. I will certainly follow up, let you know what I find out. Of course, either on social media at It's Brad Shepard or my Patreon, with exclusive news and content at patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard Unleashed. Based on what you know or have heard, as of today, what percentage do you put on Rock and Roman happening at WrestleMania? Let's say that match doesn't happen and Cody is not healthy enough for WrestleMania. Who do they turn to for reigns at WrestleMania? I think that is a great question. What's the percentage at (laughs) 50-50? I I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's too early. All depends on the Rock schedule. It's too early. Obviously, WWE would like it to happen. And that's certainly a direction they'd like to go in. If that match doesn't happen and Cody's not healthy enough, again, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I I think one of those two things is going to happen. But if it's not, this goes back to the issue I've talked about in WWE already. Who else does WWE have right at that Roman reigns level? Really? Nobody. I mean, they could rehash things. They could always do a Brock. They could do a Bobby Lashley, perhaps even a Braun Strowman. Uh, but at this point, is that really something you want to see as the top match at WrestleMania? Probably not. Uh, this is the corner they've booked themselves into. You could certainly make it work, but they really haven't put anyone at the exact level of Roman. And that's one of the booking strategies of Vince that I've always disagreed with. This is something I actually agree with Noseman, Paul on. Have a few top guys instead of just one. That way you're not reliant on that. Let's call it a single point of failure, Right that one person, you're not so reliant on him, putting everything on his shoulders. Spread the love around a little bit. It's a much better business strategy. So, they've got to get to that point. They've got to build some people up. They can do it, but they have to do it now. What does WWE need to do to compete with Monday Night Football, or is Triple H too lazy to produce a can't miss compelling TV show? Mm, well, I don't know that he's too lazy. I don't think that's the problem. I I just think it's a problem of not knowing what to do. You know, you get surrounded in a bubble and you get everybody telling you how great you are and ratings don't matter. Everybody's watching on Hulu streaming and et cetera, et cetera. And look, Nielsen is outdated and it's not completely accurate and blah, blah, blah. I, I get all of that. But you can still put on a good TV show. You can still improve ratings. I mean, there's plenty of evidence that you can watch live TV. If the TV show is good enough, it's going to garner significant live TV viewership. And so that's what they've got to do. But they're writing a wrestling show. They're not writing a TV show. Until they start writing a TV show with characters and and hooks, And compelling things, things that people can connect to instead of just a a wrestling show, uh, it's it's not going to get any more compelling and they're going to continue to lose viewers. And we saw that this week with Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football's back in what raw lost, what, four or five hundred thousand viewers first week. It's not a good sign, but it should be a wake up call. I was watching Vince Russo say that Jim Ross should be in charge of AEW. What would happen if that was the case? I think he would probably quit after a month. I mean, I I don't see that working. I really don't. I think Jim Ross in his prime would be a much better option um, to run the talent relations department at AEW. But Jim Ross now, that guy comes in, he looks like he's shit-faced half the time he doesn't want to be there he can't pronounce the wrestlers names he's making wwe references and mistaking people for their old wwe names and that guy looks like he's collecting a paycheck and good for him by the way and tony khan not good for you uh because you shouldn't allow that but with that being said jim ross now in charge of aew and that bunch i don't i don't see that working long term at all actually I like Patrick Mahomes, but do you think he needs to be traded? This team is kind of holding him down. Uh, are the Chiefs holding him down? I mean, come on. This is a team sport, and I i mean, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I'll say this. As a Patriots fan, I would get very frustrated sometimes during Tom Brady's run in New England because he just didn't have the weapons. It always felt like, you know, he didn't have that guy to make the big play or he didn't have, you know, a consistent, strong defense. They would bend but not break, but it was always going to be close and the ball would be in Tom's hands and he'd have to win it. And you felt like the team is holding him back. That's part of the game. You've got salary cap and Patrick Mahomes certainly isn't taking a discount. So that's what you're left with. Uh, I don't think Patrick Mahomes should leave at this point. Maybe that situation changes. But it's certainly one of the absolute best situations possible for him in the NFL right now. So, no, I don't think he should ask to be traded. Why hasn't Gillette Stadium uh, had a Super Bowl? Uh, The weather does not even count because Minnesota had one a few years ago. That's a good question. Uh, Ultimately, do they consider the Foxborough-Boston area market big enough to have a Super Bowl? That answer is clearly no. I would love to see that. I think that would be great for the community there. Uh, But right now, they seem to be rehashing a lot of the same places. Let's spread the love a little bit, for sure. Get that uh, economy booming in other areas as well. I'd love to see the Super Bowl at Gillette Stadium. Why not, right? Since the midterms are coming up, do you think the Senate and the House are going to flip? I think there's certainly possibilities that the Senate and or House are going to flip Republican, although it seems like there's a late effort by the worst Republicans possible, like the Lindsey Grahams, who want a federal law against abortion, It's a state's rights issue, and this dumb son of a bitch who doesn't even have kids is now proposing something that is no doubt not going to play well with voters. He's a moron. I wish he would be out of office yesterday, but it's not going to happen. At this point, Joe is a disaster, but so are people like Lindsey Graham. I don't know what's going to happen. Should they do Goldberg and Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman and a returning Lars Sullivan, then Austin Theory crashes and wins at Survivor Series? Uh, No, they should not do that. Lars Sullivan? Yeah, uh, no. When I hear Lars Sullivan, I think of two things. He did the thing, the, the porn thing, and then he did the NXT match where he sold... A kick from Alistair Black that missed by at least a foot, if not a foot and a half. I, I, Lars Sullivan back. Yeah, a uh, hard pass on that, thanks. Brad, don't leave us hanging. Give us the full story in every gory detail you can get. Fingers crossed for ass play. Well, <laughs> ass play. May just happen if you just close your eyes. As they say, say.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, drill, baby, drill. But ass play. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm game with that. How would you fix the Broncos? At this point, they might even need Peyton Manning as a coach, or even bring back Tim Tebow. If he's now in the Philippines for the millionth time, (laughs) how would I fix the Broncos? Well, I think their coach is a moron. So to be determined on if he needs to be fired, they've got to figure out their offense. They really do. Uh, You know, in this new dynamic of Russell Wilson and just centering the offense around Russell right now. I think they need to get him a weapon at wide receiver. I am a fan of Cortland Sutton, but I think he needs someone else. Their running game is decent. Uh, I just think they need someone else at receiver that Russell is going to feel comfortable with. If Tom Brady was never in the NFL, would Aaron Rodgers have been more popular and, uh, asses in the NFL, more asses. Uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how more asses has anything to do with this unless that's a misspelling. Uh, Would Aaron Rodgers have more asses if Tom Brady was never in the NFL? Maybe he would. I mean, if he's is he fucking these asses, spanking these asses, looking at these asses. Are these the asses of his teammates and players and women he's dating? I don't know. What does this mean? What does this question mean? What does it all mean? I don't know. Uh, Would he be more popular? Yeah, of course. But there's only one Tom Brady, and you can discount double-check that, bitch. Did you hear that former Las Vegas Raiders president Dan Ventrell has accepted a role with WWE, overseeing the company's roster as executive vice president, and is that a good decision? What a great question. So... WWE's executive vice president of talent is his role. Uh, He's reporting to know his man, Paul. Little quick context on his stint in the NFL. Dan left the Raiders on bad terms, but he played a key role uh, in a couple things. Relocating the team from Oakland, California to Las Vegas in 2020. And then he also worked with WWE last year when the company held its annual SummerSlam premium live event at the Raiders Allegiant Stadium. And as everyone knows, this is Nick Khan's hometown. Nick Khan is in co-CEO Nick Khan of WWE. So you do the math on this move. Will it work out? To be determined. All right, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with a new episode next week, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed.